This winter, the Kresge Foundation reintroduced us to a prolific Metro Detroit artist who connected imaginative abstract motion and ideas with the stories and images of Latino and indigenous people. Nora Chapa Mendoza is a self-taught painter who established her career in Detroit. And she is this year's Kresge eminent artist for her lifetime of achievements on the canvas and in advocacy. Yeah, that was quite a surprise. It was, uh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I thought someone was playing a trick on me. I, I couldn't believe that uh, somebody would, you know, hand that kind of money to me for no reason as far as I thought. It's not for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to contradict anyone, especially women in their 90s who were tough enough to make it in the art world before anyone was taking women painters of color seriously. This is Stateside. I'm April Bear. Nora Mendoza is still painting. We visited her small, tidy house in West Bloomfield that opens up onto a spacious studio edition, flooded with sunshine. Is there a system for how it's organized? <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this organized organization. <laughs> you don't get to 92 years without a sense of humor. And Nora Mendoza says, while her memory may not be what it used to be, most recollections come back in time. And she's grateful to still be physically strong, squatting to the floor to splash paint on a massive six-foot canvas to see what develops. What is it about being down on the floor that helps the process? Well, no, it's just, um, it's just it's much bigger than a table, for one. This one unrolls to reveal an abstract in muted hues of lilac, punctuated by other spurts of color. It was all light, white, and then I... Um, I don't remember if I spilled something on it or something. So then I turned it into an abstract painting. Happy accident. What has been coming up for you as you worked on this one? Well, you know, um, when I work, it's just the paint and the canvas, and I don't think about anything. I don't, you know, I just, it's just my, my, my eyes tell me what... What is wrong with it? What I should take off? What I should add? Um, I saw uh, dictate all that to me. Mendoza leads us back to her living room, filled with human-sized wood carvings and other artifacts from her time running Galeria Mendoza, which she opened in 1981, the first of its kind in the city to exclusively feature Latino artists. I asked her about her arrival in Detroit in the early 1950s, just 21 years old and already married to a young doctor. She says the city made an impression on her. What did you think of the community when you arrived? Uh, it was different because in, uh, in Texas, uh, I think there was a lot of discrimination. And, uh, and not only to, um, to the African-American, but as well as to the Latinos, you know, the brown skin. Nora, were you selling work at that time? Oh, no, I, I, I used to, uh, I've been painting since I was literally started with, with sand and, and then, you know, onto paper and onto. Um, but uh, uh, my ex-husband wanted to be the, the breadwinner, 
and um, and so he didn't. He encouraged me to paint, but not to, not to sell. You know, not to make money, not because he wanted me to keep them or anything. I thought it was just simply because he wanted to be the, the person who, brought the bread home or whatever they call it. I don't know. Among the things that happened, you went to art school. Yeah, I, I was curious. I, I know I, I went to school to see if it was any different than how I was teaching myself. Yeah. And, and no, there was no different. There. Actually, my way was better for me. How did you teach yourself? Um, by doing. By doing, you can do anything you, you want to do. You know, it's like I said, it's all up here. And uh, that's, that's how I learned. I, I think I have a good eye for color. I think maybe, maybe because I didn't speak English till I was eight years old. I would draw a lot. And, and uh, also, thinking back in time, my mother died when I was four, and it was also a way of replacing that that being that didn't exist anymore, but that I needed um, that um, uh, nurturing. So I nurtured myself. (laughs) 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 When you were in your 20s, after, you know, when you came to Detroit, what were you painting? What were some of your subjects? Um, I wasn't painting like painterly. I was, you know, I would just paint on whatever I paper, anything that I found. Uh, even today, anything that I find, I, I make art with. And um, like I said, I, I, I was curious about school, and that's when I um, I started taking classes at Center for Creative Studies. Were there certain media that you were trying that you know, gave you ideas or you thought were exciting? I uh, I always wanted to paint abstract, but I never really uh, had pursued that. I, I mostly painted um, figurative, and and I painted women a lot, I think, because I am a woman. Because I remember being asked why I painted women, and I said, because I'm a woman, and who would know better than, than the subject than, than a woman? For your older paintings and also the newer ones, you have such a strong sense of color and the compositions are so balanced. When you're painting, do you start with a layout in mind or a composition in mind, or do you layer it as you go? No, I start with uh, like an empty canvas. And I... I, uh... Sometimes throw the water first, sometimes the paint, and then I and then I let it do its own thing, and then he tells me what he wants to be, and that's how I develop it into whatever, whatever it's going to be, and I I, I actually didn't know anything about 
uh, the, the the terms that you use, uh, balance and, and composition. And composition, but yeah. what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so either it looks right or it does not look right. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, because I see, once the paint is is there, it tells you what it wants to be. More with visual artist Nora Chapa Mendoza after the break. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. You had a big change in your life in 1973 when you split with your husband. Did you have an idea of how how you were going to keep doing your art at that time? Like how you would, I mean, this is a hard thing for a lot of women to do now, even. And not a lot of people were, you know, going single and parenting and making art at the same time. Did you have a vision for what your life could be like? I never thought about, you know, I paint for myself. I don't paint to sell unless it's commissioned, which later came later, later. Um, so it's like, you know, you have to eat. You don't plan on it. I mean, you know, you're born that way. So I was born that way. What was it like making art before there were grants for artists? And I never, ever, ever to this day ever apply for a grant. Ever. Why not? First of all, I didn't know about them. Second, I wouldn't have known how to do it or how I got to go about doing them. And third... Everything has a, has a cash, you know, you, they don't give you money for nothing. You know, you have to follow some rules. And I was not a rule follower, so I didn't, it wasn't my thing. In addition to hundreds of canvases and sculptural works made with found objects, Nora Mendoza was the co-founder of Nuestras Artes in Michigan, rallying Latino artists, identifying funding, and creating pathways for a lot of people to get grants or to sell their work. In the early 1980s, she was appointed vice chair of the New Detroit Arts Committee, and she worked as a member of the Latino Caucus of Southwest Detroit. You've talked about how it was important to you to make people aware of the issues that people in the Latino community and indigenous communities were dealing with. 
those were important subjects that you wanted to to paint. Was there ever a time when you weren't sure if you should paint those things? Well, actually, you know, I, that was part of my life. I was I was involved in many um, indigenous groups. It was called Canto de la Tierra, and and I was sent throughout 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 the world. Actually, Germany had me do workshops and and classes and and presentations and all sort of thing. And and I got paid for all of that. Um, and um, but I never really thought about the money part uh, because. Um, there's always just enough. I'm always happy with just enough. Even today, I don't care about having tons of money. Just enough. And just enough to get by today and tomorrow will take care of tomorrow. But like I said, I have a magic life, so it's always there for me. <laughs> did I read that you did a commission for Cesar Chavez? Yeah, he commissioned me to design um, Children of the Fields program, it was called, because I was painting about labor, and uh, Sasa Chavez was in town. And and my son said, you're going to go to that, aren't you? And I go, nah. And uh, he goes, what do you mean you're not? You, could, you, you paint all about labor, and you're not going to go? Come on, you're going. And he, Put me in the car and they took me down there. And when we got there, it was already really crowded. So he was way over there and I was way over here. And uh, and I remember grabbing a bunch of business cards and sticking them in my bag. And also and also samples of uh, of my work on labor. And and so anyway, when um, at the end of the thing, the person that was sitting next to me took out his card to give me, oh, yeah, the cards. So I took the cards and, um, and I, I took and then gave my card. And I said, oh, let me show you this. And then I showed him the photos of the, of the workers that I was doing. And he goes, wait a second, stay here, don't move, don't, don't leave or anything. I'll be right back. So I went backstage and, and, uh, and then he came back. He goes, come on. And, it, and he introduced me to Sasa Chavez. And that's when Cesar Chavez commissioned me to do the Children of the Fields. Can I ask you about your abstract work? How did you become interested in painting abstract? I, I always wanted to. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to paint abstract. And um, one day I just, I just started started throwing the paintings around and seeing what would happen. For some people, abstract art is pure emotion, maybe the purest form of emotion. But for some people, they look at an abstract canvas and they get kind of, you know, they get a little intimidated that maybe they're not interpreting it correctly. What do you say to people who are looking at your works and trying to figure out if they're seeing what you wanted them to see? Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't want them to see anything. I want them to see what they want to see. I want them to relate to, to it as, as part of the painting, as part of the, the the the, 
the colors, the the shapes, and all of that. Um, that that they can uh, sometimes see something maybe they don't even want to reveal <laughs> and uh, or talk about because maybe it's too painful for them. But it's also a very healing process for that uh, thing that they're feeling bad about. You mentioned the fact that when you do paint, and maybe especially abstract, that you don't really think, you know, you just, you're trying to see what is revealed. Did you go through a process of turning off your brain as you learned to paint in this way? No, I just did it automatically. You know, I I didn't go to art school, so I didn't have all those little rules, you know, embedded into my brain that everything had to be this way or that way, and uh, and it's not good if it's that way or this way. You're still working. Yeah. Do you notice anything about what kind of painting is more exciting to you or makes you makes you feel more fulfilled these days? Still the abstract. The, the abstract paintings, I um, I just love what happens when uh, when uh, when the painting paints itself, and I can just sign it. <laughs> but you have to have the vision, you have to have the relationship with that paint and with that canvas and with your eyes. You're pretty fearless. <laughs> You're pretty fearless. Oh yeah, what, what's the point? Fear is a is a is a it's a horrible disease. No one should have fear of anything. You should be able to handle it, no matter what it is. And and you you have the capability. You just uh, have been told by television or or movies or parents. <laughs> You know, to be fearful that I didn't have parents, like I said. So there wasn't even that to tell me if it was right or wrong. Nora Mendoza, it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you for for speaking with us, and congratulations again. It's my pleasure, and I want to thank you for for being here and for doing what you're doing to promote not only me and my work and Latino and but just art in general and people of all colors. That's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. Today's episode was produced by Mercedes Mejia. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kapansag, and April Van Buren. Our intern is Olivia Moradian, and our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for the podcast comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. 
Yes. We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.